Hi, I'm Peggy. And I'm Dave. And this is Amped. Hey, Dave, how are you today? I am doing well, and you? I am fine. We're gearing up towards Labor Day. Kids are back in school. Husband's back in school. Life is looking up in the Chenoweth household. Well, for me, anyway. <laughs> yes. Roads are roads are suddenly clear. Yeah, Sky's a I, little I bit bluer. You. Birds are a little bit happier. No, it's it's all good. Excellent. I'm glad that things are going well down in Virginia. You still have a full house, though, right? I do. Um, Jackson goes to college this weekend. Caroline returns to school next week. So uh, we start to we start to shed human beings in the house, or at least full time in right. the house starting next week. Exciting times. Sure is. So our topic today, Dave, was actually brought to us by a listener. Um, I tried to follow up to get more information, but um, I haven't re- gotten a return email yet. So uh, Brad, if you're listening and this is not what you wanted us to discuss, please reach back to me. Let me know more specifically, and we'll try to do another version. <laughs> we're giving it our best shot. We are, we are. Um, And it's what to expect post-amputation. We've done, you know, a few podcasts now on how to prepare for your limb loss surgery, how to get your house ready, questions to ask the doctor, questions to ask the prosthetist. And we've done podcasts, Dave, kind of what happens right after, but we really haven't discussed any kind of timeline or if there should be a timeline. Um, so we're going to kind of delve into that in today's podcast. Um, you know, some people like myself, I I was fortunate enough to be able to plan my amputation. I knew when I was going to have the surgery so I could get all of my ducks in a row. Um, whereas you kind of, you know, got out of the car to help a young girl and ended up in the hospital. Um, you know, our recoveries are going to be very different because of that. And our timelines are different. So although we're not going to be able to provide a specific answer in a specific timeline, I do hope that we're going to, at least our goal is to provide tips and general guidance on what to expect through your recovery and how to manage those expectations. Yeah. And Peggy, you've already teed up really, I think the first key takeaway uh, regarding this topic, which is there is no single answer. If people say, what should my expectations be? The answer is, it depends. Every individual's condition is unique. There is no one-size-fits-all pathway to rehabilitation. And you know your functional expectations in terms of what you can expect from a rehab perspective, how long that will take, what course of treatment uh, it'll involve, it's going to vary based upon a, a range of factors. And and just a few of them right off the top of our head, right, is your age, your overall level of health prior to amputation, any comorbidities that exist post-amputation, um, cognitive limitations or challenges that exist either due to medication or injury. There's, there, you know, this is just a very small sampling of the total universe of issues that are going to play into what. Uh, what the course of rehabilitation treatment looks like. And similarly, just as the rehabilitation course is going to be affected by any and all of these factors, so too are the prosthetic needs and solutions or other assistive device needs and solutions 
that your healthcare professionals are going to talk with you about and that are going to be available to you. Um, every one of the factors I just mentioned not only affects general course of rehabilitation, but it's likely to affect which types of devices, if any, are the ones that are going to be most clinically appropriate for you. You know, Dave, I also think that access to the physical therapies, occupational therapies, mental health counseling, all of that, and, you know, all of that also plays a big role in what your timeline for recovery is going to be. And I think that sometimes that kind of gets glossed over, and that could be because of financial means as well. Yep, really good point. Really good point, Peggy. Um, so Dave, I think the so we basically told people, you know, there's no timeline. We're sorry. <laughs> um, well, we, there's we, no single. Wish, there's a timeline. We wish it's we could tell you it's it's really based on so many factors. Your best bet is sit down and ask questions. Don't set lofty goals without talking to your doctor about if you have any comorbidities that that how is this going to impact my recovery. Talk to your physical therapist, talk to your prosthetist about what inf- you know what devices will help you make, meet your goals. Um, talk with other people in the community um, to see what kind of goals you know, might be achievable short-term, long-term. And again, make sure that you keep in mind that that everybody is different. So somebody that's up and walking seven weeks post-op where somebody else, you know, is still struggling or using a walker or wheelchair in nine months doesn't mean that somebody tried less than the other person um, or anything like that. That's one of my... the. The, something that really hurts my heart when I see it happening is there's so much judgment. Really try to, to cut yourself a break and not judge yourself, gauge yourself against other people. Instead, try to create goals where you're gauging yourself against your, your end line goal, right? So set short, intermittent goals to try to reach that long-term goal. Yeah. Very good advice, Peggy. And, you know, Talk about, why don't you talk about for a second, um, you know, this is something I think you may have had more direct experience with. You had a planned surgery, so you sort of were thinking about this beforehand. But talk about post-surgically, what are, you know, what's your ability to retain process information and how do you how do you deal with the shortcomings that naturally flow from that? It's, I mean, immediately post-surgery, there's very little that I have coherent memories of other than pain. Like I have flashes. That is not the time to be making any kind of timeline, life-changing, goal-affirming declarations. You know, what immediately after surgery, that's kind of the, the triage period where you physically just need to recover. You physically need to heal. Your wounds need to close. You have to get your skin ready for a prosthetic um, during that period of time, after the pain starts to wane a little bit, you can start working with a physical therapist, perhaps, and build up some muscles. You can start doing research. Um, our website has a lot of information about prosthetic devices in the encyclopedia, ampedlife.com. You can also connect with the community at ampedlife. I'm sorry, ampedlife.org is the website. Ampedlife.com is the community, um, but. Because you also, when you have these conversations 
with your doctors, with your therapist, with your prosthetist to try to set realistic goals, Dave. I really think it's important that you have your support team in in the conversation with you. You know, have have somebody with you during those appointments, Skype them in, FaceTime them in, um, however you need to do it, because you really need the whole team approach. You need to have your cheerleaders. You need to have people who are all on the same page and understand, you know, that that you're not going to be sprinting a marathon just because you saw a Paralympic runner on TV, you know, who's now doing marathons. So therefore, get off the couch, get a leg and start running. Um, you need to make sure that everybody has the same expectations and that this, the reality is set even for everybody. Right. Really good. So, you know, the first the, the, the first sort of action item that we've identified here generally is ask lots of questions, right? So you can't set the goals, do anything without this kind of information. So Peggy's highlighted the types of people you can speak to, um, and then the importance of having someone else there with you, particularly post-surgically, uh, to be listening and asking questions of their own. After you're asking questions, then you can get into goal setting. And th- this gets into sort of the, what should my expectations be? Well, now that you know, hopefully, have some idea of what your actual condition is, and doctors and therapists and prosthetists and and people in the limb loss limb difference community, they're going to tell you sort of, hey, here was my experience and or here's what we generally see. And that now gives you targets to go for. And so it's really important when you start setting goals to do, I think, two different tiers. And I'm going to talk about the first tier of goals, which are what I would call micro goals, really small, discrete things that are clearly measurable and that you can focus on day to day, maybe even hour to hour. The benefit of doing this is if you just sort of think about rehabilitation, I need to now start undergoing rehabilitation. It's really this giant, never ending term. You, you can just fall into a black hole of rehabilitation. And it's really hard to set expectations and goals in that kind of vacuum. So you get your info, you have an understanding of what your condition is, make your goals really small and really clear. Um, I'll give an example that's a personal one, um, but it's not the most pleasant one, but I can remember sitting in the hospital. I've had my leg amputated. I'm probably two or three days out and I've got a catheter in and they said, listen, until, you know, until you get the catheter out, there's certain things you're just not going to be able to do. And so one of my goals was, geez, I got to, I have to pass fluid so that I can get this catheter out ASAP because I don't want this thing in me. Um, and so that's that's an example, not a pleasant one, of a very specific goal, but other kinds of things. I'm going to transfer from my bed to the chair three times today. I'm going to take a lap around the ward in the wheelchair the hospital gave me before noon. I'm going to use my prosthesis between the parallel bars for at least 10 consecutive minutes. I'm going to pick up that water bottle 20 times in the next 30 minutes with my new prosthetic hand. These are all examples of very specific, very small um, activities. This is not, I'm going to conquer the world. I'm not climbing Everest. Um, these are very small tasks, but checking these off your list and then building off of them is a great way to progress through a rehabilitation. And I will tell you, Peggy, that when I lost my leg, as soon as I realized what had happened and I came to grips with the fact that I was going to have to go through some type of rehabilitation process, my whole life was set up this way. It was, tell me what your target is, doc and or prosthetist, 
and then I'm going to do everything I can to beat it. And I kept breaking down tasks into incredibly small pieces. So at the end of the day, I might have had 10 or 20 different goals. And even if I didn't achieve all of them, you hit half of them, you've made material progress. Exactly. I kind of view this approach as the to-do list. You know, um, you you look at something in its totality and it can feel so overwhelming to the point where you can't even really wrap your head around how to get started. These are just the the daily incremental tasks that can move you forward. Um, write them down, cross them off, give yourself a star, use a whiteboard, whatever you have to do. But always keeping that that tally going, it will help propel you forward and keep you moving in the direction of your ultimate goal. I mean, I still do this now, right? So I have a big whiteboard in my kitchen and I'll write down what I need to get done for the day because I wake up and I think, oh my goodness, there's so much to do. And I feel like, you know, I'm just spinning in circles and I'll go back to my list and break it down. And kind of give myself stars for, you know, you know, I carried the laundry up, yay, but it was something that needed to be done rather than finish the laundry. I, I will break it down into those very small steps. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's a wonderful and proven tool to make, you know, incremental advances forward. And it's good psychologically. But Peggy, I think it's also important to link this to bigger objectives. So why don't you talk through that? for the for the listeners. Absolutely. So it's it's important that you know obviously when you first start your micro goals are going to focus around your initial recovery. After that, after you're kind of out of the hospital, out of the triage mood, that sort of thing, you still need those longer term goals. Those can be, I'm going to walk with my prosthesis in six months. I'm going to compete a 5K. Um, I want to be able to return to work. I want to be able to walk to the mailbox. Um, anything like that. You know, it. it's okay if your goal feels overwhelming as long as you can continue working on those micro goals in the direction of achieving that goal. But it's also important, Dave, to to give yourself some some slack if you get to the point where you th- where you realize I may not be there in six months, so I'm going to give myself another three months, and it's okay. I think you know when you're in the rehabilitation process, and I know I I know that I tend to do this. I don't know if it's just a Peggy thing or if it's a female thing. But I tend to become very negative on myself if I don't make the goal and I feel like I failed somehow. And you really need to keep in mind that there's really no failure in this, right? That, that there's no failure in not meeting a timeline that nobody really set in stone that they told you was going to be arbitrary and dependent up front. We're the ones who are putting the timeline on it. As long as you keep making those attempts and keep moving in that direction, that that's all you can do. That's right. It's it's important to just be kind and forgiving to yourself as you go through this process. And, and there hard. are you're on. It, it's very hard, and more often than not, your quote failure. It's not. It's not a. You're not failing. It's that life is more complicated than you thought it was, and you have setbacks that you didn't anticipate. Uh, Things happen in your life that prevent you from doing it. That doesn't mean that you have failed. It means you didn't meet the timeline, 
that you had set to achieve the goal. Uh, but the progress you're making towards it and having that goal out there is really important. And uh, I can tell you, Peggy, there have been many times uh, where in my rehabilitation, where the the big goal isn't something that I hit in exactly the way I expected to, but just the fact that I was trying again um, after after not making it was really important. Um, so if we if we sort of wrap this up, and, and I'll, I'll come back to that last point, the final part uh, of the summary, you know, there's no universal advice we have for expectation setting that's reasonable to give because it is inherently individual. So what you need to do is you need to ask questions, learn as much as you can so that you can start setting goals and uh, trying to advance in your rehabilitation in a way that reflects your unique situation. And we recommend lots of micro goals. These are short term, easily measured, can be incredibly basic. And then tee those up or layer them with two or three big goals, which are longer term, they're aspirational, and they're deeply and personally meaningful to you. These are things that really matter to you. And then the last point is be kind and forgiving to yourself. Sometimes you'll surpass your expectations. Sometimes you won't. And then, you know, with respect, again, Peggy, to this concept of, quote, failure, which is a term I, I hesitate to even use because I don't think it's failure. But what defines us? As people, and particularly, um, I think, when you're faced with a kind of challenge that limb loss, limb difference presents, what defines us isn't do we hit the target on the first try exactly perfectly. It's how we respond to that situation when we don't. And I can tell you in my life, I've learned a lot more and gotten a lot more personal knowledge and fulfillment and satisfaction out of overcoming the obstacle that presented itself that, that prevented me from getting to where I wanted to go on the first try, but then coming back and getting another cut at it and winning, that was way more rewarding and way more meaningful to me than the times where everything clicked the way I hoped it would right off the bat. Yeah, I think another thing that we didn't really, we brushed on a little bit, Dave, but we didn't really dive into is, you know, find yourself a cheering section find your supporters and and share your successes and your frustrations with them. It sometimes when you're recovering and you're working towards these goals it can feel very isolating. Um but you're not alone. Uh, amplife.com is a great place. Share your little successes. You know, I got off the couch today and walk 15 feet with my walker. I mean, you can share that with us. This is the community that will celebrate that with you, lift you up when you're frustrated, cheer you on when you need it, and celebrate um, when you've accomplished something. Yep, it's a really good addition that, that we haven't put in the show notes. That's a great point, Peggy. Having a support section, having people who are cheerleading, whether it's a virtual group, whether it's family members or friends, whoever it is, being able to go to go to a community that will support you when it's not going perfectly, that will cheer you when things are going well or badly is, is critically important. Absolutely. So I wish we could give people a firm deadline and timeline and this is how it goes but you know it's such an individual thing i think as as long as you keep moving forward you're forgiving to yourself and you stay determined and keep trying and if something doesn't work figure out another way or adjust your goal but it's important to just keep keep going keep working towards the goal whatever it may be yep i have nothing to add good summary all right 
Um, so I we're going to switch gears a little bit, Dave, if that's okay. Um, I I learned some very sad news today that that um, a huge supporter and um, advocate within the limb loss community, somebody who who worked tirelessly to provide information to the community. Bill Dupes, who was the editor at the Amputee Coalition. So if you've ever read In Motion Magazine or any of the, you know, any of the other pamphlets or website or anything like that, that's all gone through Bill. Um, a huge, huge proponent of education within the limb loss community of getting the information out there so that people could make educated decisions, so that people would know that they're not alone, so that people could keep moving forward. Um, unfortunately, uh, he passed away today. And I'm heart sick with the news. You know, he was a co-worker for a long time. He was a friend for even longer. Um, I know that that I'm grieving. I know that his family, his wife and his daughters are, and his grandkids. Um, but, you know, the, the AMPT community certainly sends their condolences to the Dupes family tonight. Yeah, it's, um, you know, Bill more closely than I do, but I had known Bill since probably 2003, 2004, when I was on the AMPT Coalition Board of Directors. And um, just a, a really lovely guy who, uh, as you said, so committed to the community, making sure that people with limb loss, limb difference got information, got interesting stories, inspirational stories, uh, educational stories, just uh, did a great job making sure that everyone, uh, everyone in our community could have access to information that would help them navigate this world a little bit better. So it's incredibly sad news, obviously unexpected, and our thoughts and prayers are, are with the Dupes family. Um, all right. That was a sad way to end the podcast, but I wanted to, to kind of honor Bill a little bit. He um, he was a dear friend. Yep. So. I think it's an appropriate way to end. All right. Okay, Dave. Until next time. Great talking to you. You Thank too. You. Bye. Take care.